Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Episode 70 of Rams Up. We're going to take a quick look back at that Monday night football shellacking of the Cardinals. We're going to get through some Ram news. But the centerpiece of this episode is a preview of the Rams-Buck divisional round playoff game. But we're going to wrap things up at the end with our power rankings, game picks. We have a sports pet peeve embedded in there and another segment of whose fans are pumped, whose fans are pissed, and whose fans are perplexed. First, get through some news here. Ram coaches suddenly in high demand. This seems to happen every year, doesn't it? Raheem Morris scheduled to interview with the Vikings. Thomas Brown, the Rams running back coach, he will interview with the Dolphins. Kevin O'Connell, he will interview with the Texans, Broncos, and Vikings. A lot of news on the injury front. Now, I have some of this addressed in my game preview. Whatever you hear in this segment right now supersedes that. This is the latest and greatest. A lot of dynamic information here. It's a moving target, trying to capture it as best I can. Ernest Jones has been reactivated. He is practicing with the team. Don't expect to see him in the Buck game, of course. And we could see the same from Daryl Henderson very soon. I don't know what we're going to do in our running back room Good problem to have. Sony Michelle, Cam Akers, and Daryl Henderson. Again, Henderson won't be ready for this week's game with the Bucks, but could be very soon. Sebastian Joseph Day, Robert Rochelle are both a bit further away, but Sebastian Joseph Day posting a cryptic image of an hourglass suggesting maybe he's getting close to coming back. So let's take a quick look at the Rams injuries coming out of that Monday night football game. Whitworth has an ankle issue, still not practicing, does not look promising. You know, I feel pretty comfortable with Joseph Noteboom on the left side, so I'm not really too concerned about that. Sure, I'd like to have Whitworth active, but not looking good right now. Taylor Rapp, still in concussion protocol. That must have been a really big hit he took. So not looking good for him. David Long was not on the Thursday report, so he looks good to go. Brandon Howe, Ben Skalronik, Troy Reader, all limited. I suspect they'll be okay, but we won't know until Sunday morning, perhaps. The Bucks look to be in a little bit more trouble. Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs, their two Pro Bowl offensive linemen, still not practicing. I had heard early Thursday morning that Jensen was out there with the team, but officially he did not practice according to the report. And their backup tackle, Josh Wells, is limited as well. So Bucks could have some issues on that offensive line. Poor guys. Pro football focus grades for that Monday night football game. Aaron Donald, Trevin Howard, and Matthew Stafford all north of 90. Stellar performances. OBJ, 89.9. Greg Gaines, 87. David Edwards, 80.5. Terrell Burgess, 75.3. Cup had a drop that probably hurt his score, 75.9. 
Noteboom actually got in the game quite a bit, 74.6. And this is where I start to question these pro football focus grades and why I, I take them with more than a grain of salt, but but I still have reservations about accepting them at face value. Cam Akers, a 58.7. That's above average, okay? But I think Cam Akers was better than above average. Maybe they dinged him for that pass down the sideline. It's the only thing I can think of. But those types of scores give me pause when it comes to pro football focus grades. Snap counts. On defense, Eric Weddle had 19. Nick Scott was out there for 100% of the snaps. Troll Burgess, 37 snaps or 66%. So Scott and Burgess were our primary safeties. We finally got AD some rest. He played 42 snaps and missed 12. David Long, 19 snaps. He made the most of them, didn't he? And Grant Haley, Bobby Brown, and Christian Roseboom also got snaps. Always good when you can get those guys in. Speaking of Haley, I was watching the game, and I see a number 46 on defense for the Rams. This is late in the game, obviously. I pull up my Rams roster real quick, and lo and behold, it's Grant Haley on defense for us at cornerback. And another note on Haley, two notes actually. He played alongside Nick Scott at Penn State, and he was the one that scooped up that blocked field goal against Ohio State and ran it back for the game-winning touchdown. That was in 2016. Probably worth pointing out that Nick Scott and Trevin Howard, two important players on our defense last week and this coming week, both seventh-round draft picks. Tip the hat to less need on that. On offense, Higby was out there for 100% of the snaps, but Kendall Blanton and Bryson Hopkins still combined for 23 snaps, so so we had quite a few two tight end sets out there. Those two never get targeted, it seems like, but McVeigh must like them in the running game. Hey, I wanted to share another thing with you before we get to that Ram Buck preview. My preseason Super Bowl pick was Rams versus Bills, with the Rams winning, of course. Rams and Bills have some similarities at this point. Both the Rams and Bills opened at home against a divisional opponent that they had split games with during the regular season. Rams splitting with the Cardinals and Bills splitting with the Patriots. Both teams won handily in that wild card game. Both the Bills and the Rams will go on the road to play their conferences defending champions. The Bills beat that team, the Chiefs, easily in the regular season, and the Rams beat the Bucks easily during the regular season. So maybe these two teams are on a path to meet each other in the Super Bowl. Hey, I can deduce anything favorable I want out of this data, and that's what I'm doing. Rams, Bills, Super Bowl, that's still my pick. And as I've said, I'd still love to see the Bengals there, but I think it's Rams, Bills. And by the way, I wanted to thank all of you listeners for checking in on each podcast. My downloads are way up recently. I really appreciate everyone's support. Next up, our preview of the Bucks and Rams. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 
TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's preview this divisional round playoff game between the Los Angeles Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's this Sunday, January 23rd, noon Pacific time. It's an NBC game, meaning we get Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. I know there's a lot of people that aren't fans of Collinsworth, but I don't have a problem with these guys. Al Michaels is an L.A. guy, so we certainly won't see any bias on his behalf. Game history, this is one of the teams the Rams have done well against over the years, 18 wins and 9 losses against the Bucks. two of those wins coming in NFC Championship games. Bucks are currently favored by three. I still think it'll creep down a little bit, could be wrong on that. Whether it should be in the upper 50s, there is originally a chance of rain for Sunday. It is now supposed to rain on Saturday with no chance of rain on Sunday. Cross our fingers, that doesn't change. We want to see these two teams play without weather being a factor. Typically, I go over great historical games between these two teams, but let's talk about the game they had earlier this year. Rams 34, Bucks 24, Week 3. Tom Brady led the Bucks in rushing that game. Rams did a great job of slowing down Leonard Fournette. Bucks finished with 35 yards rushing. The Rams managed just 67 yards on the ground against a great Bucks defensive line. So this was really a battle between the quarterbacks. Brady threw for 432 yards and a TD. Stafford, 343 yards and four TDs. Deshaun Jackson, of all people, had a big game. Three catches for 120 yards and a TD. I think Jackson wanted that kind of action every game, or he was going to leave, and that's exactly what he did. And by the way, January 23rd will be the 22-year anniversary of the Rams' 11-6 win over the Bucs, the conference championship game that sent the Rams to the Super Bowl against the Titans, the greatest show on turf in their heyday. I call that the Ricky Prohl-Wayne Gretzky game. Why? Well, you all remember that Ricky Prohl made that incredible game-winning catch. Where's the Wayne Gretzky reference come from? Well, if you listen to some of my podcast last spring, I did a greatest plays in Rams history countdown. I mean, I've probably missed 15 plays in the last 30 years, and I missed that one. Why? Because I was taking my son to a roller hockey game at a Wayne Gretzky hockey center, pulled into the parking lot, and in that time where it took, in the time it took me to get from the car to the hockey center where the game was on TV, Kurt Warner hooked up with Ricky Prohl for the touchdown. My son saw it, 
He dashed across that parking lot so fast while dear old dad loaded up all the hockey gear. So I missed it. It'll forever be, to me, the Ricky Prohl-Gretzky game. Who are the Bucks' key players? Well, we know about Tom Brady. Do we need to mention anyone else? Well, Mike Evans, one of the top receivers in the game. They still have Gronk at tight end. One of the best offensive lines in football, perhaps the best, on the defensive side. Really good defensive line led by Vita Vey. Linebackers Levante David and Shaq Barrett and our old buddy Sue also on the defensive line. Their primary running back, Leonard Fournette, has been out, but is their primary running back, Leonard Fournette, has been out, but it looks like he's trending to return for the Ram game. Those three offensive linemen, we don't know yet, but if two or even just one of them are out, that's going to impact that Tampa Bay offense. Of course, I thought the same thing when I saw that Trent Williams was inactive for the 49ers in our last game with San Francisco, so maybe we should halt that thought. They went 13-4 and this year and then beat the Eagles quite handily last week. Comparing to the Rams, they're very similar in points for and points against, but they had a much easier schedule, one of the easiest in the league. And they are, of course, the defending Super Bowl champions with a quarterback that has won seven Super Bowls. So this is an immense challenge for the Rams. What's changed since that Week 3 game? Quite a lot, actually. The Bucks have lost Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown didn't play in that Week 3 game, so can't say that has changed. But one of their best quarterbacks, Sean Murphy Bunting, did miss that Week 3 game. So that makes that Secondary a little more challenging for Stafford. A lot's changed from the Rams' perspective as well. They've obviously lost Sebastian Joseph Day, Jordan Fuller, and Robert Woods. Kenny Young led the team in tackles that game, and he has since been replaced twice, first by Ernest Jones and then Trevin Howard until Jones gets back from his injury. The Rams have added three guys that could really make a big difference in this game. They've added OBJ, They've added pass rusher Von Miller, and running back Cam Akers is back and looked really, really good last week. If Fournette can't go, the Bucks have been leaning on running backs Keyshawn Vaughn and Giovanni Bernard, both very capable running backs. What are my fearsome four keys to this game? Well, fearsome key number one is the Rams need to run the ball a little with Akers but they can't get consumed with trying to establish that run game because you know what? No matter how good Akers is, they may not be able to. They have to avoid getting behind the chains because they are stubbornly trying to run against this buck defense. Now, maybe some early success will change that, and they will be able to run to establish the pass, but I think it's got to be the other way around. They need to attack this Bucks secondary, establish the pass, and then run the ball. Now, Sean McVay, he knows a little bit more than I do, so I could be wrong on this, but that's the way I would attack this Buck defense. This is probably a good time to mention that Stafford has a 141.8 passer rating against the Blitz. Rams are very productive when other teams blitz, and what does Tampa Bay like to do? They are the most heavy blitz team in the league. So we have to hope they continue to blitz, while we're chucking the ball downfield for 15, 20, and 25-yard gains. 
Here's some key number two. Well, what are the Bucks going to try to do? They're going to follow the Niner template. They're going to try to win on first and second down by running it down our throats. Our little screen passes to try to get Brady into second and third and short. And then they're going to throw little short passes, quick releases to get the ball out of his hands and just keep the Rams defense on the field for long drives. So obviously what we need to do is stop the run on first and second down. We were pretty successful at that in the first half of that second Niner game, but then our plan fell apart. If this Tampa Bay Buccaneer offensive line is intact and healthy, they're going to try to succeed on first and second down running the ball. We have to stop it. We have to put them behind the chains a little bit, or it could be a long day for our defense. For some key number three, it kind of plays off that number two item. We have to defend those underneath crosses and screens on third down. The Bucks get four yards on first down, three or four yards on second down. They're set up with a third and two, third and three. Brady's going to dump that ball off quickly over the middle or underneath to his running backs, and we have to be able to defend that because we may have great difficulty getting to the quarterback on those plays. I already mentioned an advantage the Rams' offense has against Tampa Bay that Stafford performs so well against the Blitz, and Tampa Bay likes to Blitz. Well, on the other hand, nobody gets rid of the ball quicker than Tom Brady. I think him and Big Ben were the best in the league at that, throwing the ball over the middle real quickly. And what is the Rams' weakness? Well, the Rams' weakness is defending those short underneath passes in the middle, those crossing patterns underneath. So that's where they're going to attack us, and we have to improve at it. We're one of the worst in the league defending those types of plays. That's how they're going to attack us. Early downs running the ball, late downs underneath crosses, running back screens, those sort of plays. Here's some key number four. Well, like always, we need to avoid catastrophic plays. I think the Rams are the better team in this game. They have the better roster. If both teams play clean football, the Rams should win. The Rams can hand this game to the Bucks with a catastrophic play. They have to avoid those. But hopefully McVay and his special teams coach and the running backs coach is emphasizing ball security. We almost had a couple of fumbles last week. Cam Akers a little rusty. He almost had one. Ball security, no catastrophic plays play some clean football, Rams should be fine. My prediction, well, it's hard to use that first matchup as a gauge. It's been so long since they played, and a lot has changed for both of these teams. I'm going to go with the Rams 26, the Bucks 23, a little lower scoring than a lot of people are going to predict. I think the defenses are going to step up and force a lot of field goals. Hey, I could be completely wrong. This could be 50-49. to It could be a classic high-scoring game. But the Rams are going to come out on top. I feel pretty confident about this. It would be so sweet to knock Tom Brady out of the playoffs, wouldn't it? And for the 432nd straight time, I am predicting a Rams victory. I'm going with Rams 26, Bucks 23. We'll be back in a minute for our game picks, a sports pet peeve, our who's pumped, who's pissed, who's perplexed segment. And we're also going to include in that 
some updated Elite 8 power rankings. I am going to cram a bunch of stuff into this segment. I'm going to rank the eight remaining playoff teams. Then I'm going to share with you another who's pumped, who's pissed, who's perplexed segment. Take the heartbeat of some fan bases. Might be the last time we do this for a while with the season winding down. And we're going to take a look back at last week's game picks, make our game picks for this week, and then we'll wrap things up with a minor pet peeve that's been stewing with me. First, my power rankings. I'm just going to rank the Elite Eight, the eight remaining teams, and these aren't necessarily a prediction of who's going to win the Super Bowl or who's going to get to the Super Bowl, because that's a little more complicated. That has to do with matchups, home field advantage, This is just simply a ranking, one through eight, who I think the best teams are right now. Leading in the way, number one, the Green Bay Packers. I think they are vulnerable, and they very well may not make it to the Super Bowl. But I'm giving them the number one ranking. I think they deserve it at this time. Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw last week, when everything's humming along on the offensive side of the football for the Chiefs, they are a very difficult team to beat. Number three, the Buffalo Bills, my preseason Super Bowl pick out of the AFC. I still think they're going to do it, but right now I have them as my number three team. Very good defense, and Josh Allen, when he's on, very tough team to beat. He's just not as consistent as Rodgers and Mahomes. Number four, I have the Los Angeles Rams. How can I have them ahead of the 49ers? Because I think the Rams can beat more teams than the Niners. Rams just obviously struggle head-to-head with them. A very good defense, a little banged up right now, but still good. And an offense that can beat you in so many ways, especially with Cam Akers back in the fold. Number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I really love the Bucks' defense more than the offense at this point. But even with Tom Brady, do they have the offensive weapons to beat some of these better teams? I think they're going to have to rely on their defense if they're going to get to the Super Bowl. Number six, the Tennessee Titans. Not a big fan of their formula for success. Very good football team. Very well coached. Number seven, the San Francisco 49ers. Their offense, they can beat you on the ground or through the air. Defense. Is extremely solid, little weak on the back end, but they've been able to cover that up with good linebacker play and a good pass rush, great defensive line play. I'm still concerned about Jimmy G. Is he going to be able to step up and win big games and avoid really costly mistakes? And number eight, the Cincinnati Bengals. And you know what? I have him number eight, but I think they could very well make it to the Super Bowl. That offensive line is what concerns me. Their defense isn't nearly as good as some of these other teams in the top eight. But Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, those are my difference makers. I got a real short who's pumped, who's pissed, and who's perplexed segment. 
whose fans are pumped? Well, I'm going to start with the Bengals. Bengals fans. Their first playoff win since the Dark Ages. They are pumped. Got to be pumped if you're a Bengals fan, regardless of what happens moving forward. Ram fans have to be pumped. I know I am. To see the team bounce back from that second half collapse against the 49ers and come back with that effort against the Cardinals and advance to the divisional round. I'm a Ram fan, and I'm pumped. And you know who else is pumped? You know, Giants fans got to be pumped. They got what they asked for. They have a new general manager coming in, a new coach coming in, maybe a new quarterback. I kind of like Daniel Jones, but I don't know if he's the quarterback that's going to carry a team on his back. He'll find a job somewhere. Giants are probably going to draft a quarterback. Fresh start for the New York Giants. They have to be a little pumped even after this horrible season. Who's pissed? Raiders fans are pissed because they think they got robbed. They think they should have been able to pull out that win against the Bengals. I'm not buying it, but I can guarantee you they're pissed nonetheless. Cowboys fans are pissed. Kind of the same reason. They think they got robbed of a Hail Mary opportunity to win the game. Totally disagree, but nonetheless, they're pissed. They thought they had this great team, this great offense with a supporting defense and can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. Blame it on the refs. Have at it. And you know who else is pissed? Browns fans got to be pissed. They have to be pissed after they saw what OBJ did for the Rams in that Monday night football game. That's got to drive them crazy. Who's perplexed? Three fan bases are perplexed at this point. The Steelers, where do we go from here? Big Ben looks like he's retiring. Not even sure how this team got in the playoffs, but they did. Now they lose their longtime quarterback. Just a lot of unknowns in Pittsburgh. They have to be a little perplexed. Cardinals fans, like, what the hell happened? We were 7-0. and Some people had us as the best team in the league. We just fade horribly. Yeah, we lost DeAndre Hopkins. We lost J.J. Watt for a long time. But we have to be better than this with Kyler Murray. We just looked pitiful on offense and actually on defense, too. Just not what we expected. Two months ago, we were going to the Super Bowl. And now we're wondering, do we have the right coach? Do we have the right quarterback? And you know who else is perplexed? Patriots fans. After showing up at Buffalo during the regular season and confounding the Buffalo Bills offense, they just got raked by the Bills this time. This did not look like a Patriots team. It did not look like a team coached by Bill Belichick. They have to be perplexed. I'm not so much worried about the quarterback, but I think Patriots fans might be a little bit perplexed. This is not what we expect from any Patriot team any year, especially one coached by Bill Belichick. Let's get back to my game picks. Last week, picked the Cowboys with my heart. I wanted them to beat the 49ers. That was the only game I got wrong. Pete Prisco and Mike Florio were 6-for-6. Lorenzo's only game wrong was the Raider-Bengal game. He took the Raiders. Last week, I took every home team. This week, I'm taking three visiting teams. I'm taking the Bengals, Rams, and Bills. Bengals top the Titans. Rams top the Bucks. 
Bills over the Chiefs. I am taking the Packers to win at home over San Francisco. The Bengal-Titan game, the key there will be, can the Titans bring pressure on Burrow? Well, we know they're going to bring a lot of pressure, and they're going to get to him. It's just a matter of how much. How many times can the Bengals make them pay? It's a tough matchup for that Bengal offensive line. The key to that Packer 49er game is can the Packers stop the Niner running game? They're going to have to hold it in check a little bit if they want to win this game. I still think Aaron Rodgers will find a way to win. Rams at Bucks. Bucks offense is really hobbled right now, but their defense is not. There's a chance Levante David won't play. That'll be a big advantage for the Rams, but I think he's going to show up for a game of this magnitude. This could end up being a low-scoring game. The Tampa Bay offense hobbled going against a very good Ram defense, even though they could be short two or three starters still. And the Rams offense going against a very formidable Bucks defense. Very difficult to run against this team. Rams are going to have to chuck it around like they did in the regular season. I'm taking the Rams. And Bills Chiefs. I just think the Bills are the better rounded team right now. Their defense is better. Their quarterback just has to be consistent, has to perform the way we know he can. Sometimes he throws duds out there. Sometimes he struggles. But Josh Allen, this is his time. I think they find a way to beat the Chiefs. So those are my picks for the divisional round. And I'm going to share a little pet peeve with you that's been stewing with me for a while. This idea of one team getting a bye, it really is such an advantage. And I don't think it's a good idea. You know, teams like the Rams and Bucks can have these fantastic seasons. And still, Green Bay sits at home twiddling their thumbs for an extra week resting up. And this is the thing, and I think it's even more true in the AFC the team that gets the bye is not necessarily the best team. It's the team that's the first place team in the weakest division. A team from the NFC West is going to be hard pressed to earn that first round bye in the next four or five years. The division is just too tough. If Green Bay keeps Aaron Rodgers around, in all likelihood, any team wanting to get to the Super Bowl is probably going to have to go to Lambeau Field. And it's not because the Packers are the best team. They might be, but it's really because they're in the weakest division. And that's the only reason. Same thing in the AFC. The Titans get the Texans and Jacksonville twice a year. No, doesn't make any sense to me. It's just too much of an advantage to reward one team, the team from the weakest division in the conference, with a bye. I don't expect the NFL to change this anytime soon. They may end up going to eight teams in each conference, especially if there's some expansion. 16 teams altogether. That would eliminate the buys altogether. But that's a ways down the road. The way they have it for a minute now, someone's got to get a buy. Two teams have to get a buy. It's just unfortunate because it's going to be the Packers and a team like the Titans who happen to be in a weak division. That's going to do it for this week. We will be back late Sunday night or next Monday morning with our next drop, a recap of the divisional round games, especially, of course, the Rams and Buccaneers. 
that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.